Wilder. How are you? I'm doing all right, Hollister. How are you? I'm really, really good, actually. I feel like, I don't know, Memorial Day for me is like the beginning of summer and it's like a fresh start. It's like in September when back to school starts and January when the, you know what I mean? There's three times during the year you get a fresh start and this is one of them. I like that. I think yeah. I'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Okay, so I decided that we should institute a new thing. Ready? Okay, everybody, pay attention. We're going to do every week, we're going to do a new teaser trailer of the week. And this week, I'm going to do the first one. But did you watch Dexter Wilder by chance? Yeah, did you? Okay. Did. did you watch all seven? I, unfortunately, I did. <laughs> okay. Unfortunately, says she who watched seven without anybody twisting her arms. But Dexter. <laughs> see how it ended. <laughs> I know, but. In the first season, that might not have been top paramount of the mind. But anyway, so Dexter ran on Showtime from 2006 to 2013, which actually seven years, a long time. Yeah. I love Dexter. He was this forensic technician guy who worked in the crime department of a police department. In Miami. I know, who specialized in blood patterns, which they do a lot of the times during the show, they'll show these blood patterns about, like, if you hit somebody from this particular perspective, it does, I, it was just interesting to me, and no surprise, since Silence of the Lambs is my favorite movie of all time, so whatever. Anyway, he was also a serial killer, and the thing about this that I love so much was that his father had seen the serial killer traits in him as a small child, and so what he did was, he watched him, he was like, Dexter was fascinated with roadkill and he knew that Dexter was going to go kill a cat or I, I don't know exactly remember all the gory details of it but he knew he had to do something to make sure he would stay safe because he loved him so he taught him to be a vigilante serial killer and because he was a cop he taught him how to get away with it and his sister had no idea what he did during the nights. And it's important to note that he and his sister on TV are actually married in real life, which, you know, so, yeah. Oh, they're not anymore? No. Um, but also, it's important to note that Dexter's character is adopted in the show. Yes. Anyway, so for six seasons, we see his life. Everybody he kills because they've been a rapist or they've done, they've done something that he feels deserves a vigilante ending to their life. So... But anyway, so that the last episode, which garnered more than 3 million viewers, which back in 2013, that was a lot of viewers. And, and they he all left angry. <laughs> well, they did, because basically he moves out west to a small town. You know, it's just sort of a... Basically, they ruined the show in the last season. Yeah, they sort of did. But okay, so we're eight years later, and they're bringing him back. Dexter's coming back in September, and the first teaser's out. And what we'll do is we'll load it in our social media. We'll put it up on Instagram, and we'll put it up on Facebook when our podcast this week drops uh, so you can watch it. But this is what I consider to be our first teaser of the week. What do you it's think? Fantastic, because God willing, and I think it's the reason they're doing this, is to fix the ending of the show. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you know what? I didn't know that. And it, the ending didn't bother me as much as it bothered everybody else. But a couple of other things to clean up. So... We are taping this on Saturday of Memorial Day weekend, and it drops next Friday. So Mayor of Easton has one more episode. And I have to give it to you because you're the one who criticized it for, okay, what else but the kitchen sink are they going to throw at this thing to make sure? And sure <laughs> enough, incestuous 
issues oh, around and so it, it, it's like I, I the minute that showed up on the second to last episode i'm like oh my god walder's gonna go crazy <laughs> let me say kate winslet i mean she's just incredible right the fact that i am still i am coming back for the finale right i'm gonna watch yeah and find out how john is involved in all of this what really happened and blah 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 well but- as a series is garnering more and more viewers the kudos for Kate are coming out louder, louder, louder. They Some people are saying it's one of the best series performances of all time, and I don't think that's wrong, you know? I really don't. I think she's great, and I, I you sent a... Uh, oh, no, you didn't send it. A friend of mine sent me an article talking about how this is like the next True Detective and how they paused on doing True Detective and they've introduced all these other kind of crime shows in between of these limited series and and that this is the best one since true detective I, I, you know well since the first two detective the second sure. one, exactly yeah but here's the other thing i am begging the producers writers etc please do not do a second season the story's yes. been told it had a beginning a middle and it's going to have an end on sunday night please do not please i'm begging you you know we make that mistake with killing eve best first season ever and then downhill from there to great disappointment it dilutes the brilliance when you've got a book that turns into a series you know big little lies same thing do not do a second season i'm begging you but we also got a couple of letters this week okay so yeah i thought i'd roll them by i'm with wilder too many fish in the tank they will throw in the kitchen sink before the end my head was spinning it was too much jennifer from new york city Thanks, Jennifer. I hear you. I know, I know. Okay, and then the next one, which deals with what I just mentioned, seven episodes is what is needed for shows like this to truly develop the characters. The Morning Show, Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant in The Undoing. I am loving these series that are around seven episodes. Susan from Michigan. I agree. I think seven episodes really lets them develop the character. And I actually heard a podcast where Kate Winslet was being interviewed. Not a great podcast, I might add. Done by the Los Angeles Times. I was surprised at how lightweight the questions were. But at any rate, she said that. She said it was the one of the reasons she had wanted to play this character, aside from the fact that it's brilliantly written and it's a great character. And she felt that the mayor is devoted to her family, to her community. There's a lot of good qualities in Mare, but at any rate, she said it's because with seven episodes, you really get to know the characters well, and she liked that concept. I agree. I think my concern last, when we did this, first we were at five, and they had solved one of the cases, and so they needed two more episodes to solve the second case, which I I understand. It was just because they they'd set it up that these two cases might be connected. It felt a little bit like a cheat to me. Yeah, no, I agree, I agree. All right, so moving on, we are going to talk about two things this week. And the first one is the reunion of Friends, which just dropped. Were you a Friends lover to start with? Absolutely. Who wasn't? Are there people out there? Uh, You know what, I think I've seen 10 episodes and once you've seen one, you've seen them all, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, no! I I loved Friends. I mean, going back and watching it now, it's like, oh, there are definitely some problematic things with this show. Um, it's a very white show, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it is. I I loved that show, and I don't. I think my whole generation loved that show. I think we all grew up with it, and they were our friends too. Well, uh, 236 episodes. That's a lot of episodes. 10 years it ran, 94 to 2004. So it's been gone 17 years. And they decided to do a reunion episode. Now, the big conversation's been out there around, should they have done a real episode? Like, where did these characters end up? 
Should they have done like a three, you know, they did that with Gilmore Girls. Should they have done a short, you know, maybe three episode thing to- Was bad. Well, it was, but we're talking about friends now. So (laughs) sorry, (laughs) but should they have done that? Instead, they did this interview and James Corden, who we all love, but you know, he's got that same issue that uh, others have had where he doesn't really ask the burning questions. I thought this was a waste of my time. Oh, I, well, yeah. I mean, if you're not a fan of the show, the reunion's totally going to be a waste of your time. If you're a fan of the show, you're going to love it. No, but they should have asked the, here's my questions, right? I I came up with a couple, ready? (laughs) Why didn't he say, okay, each of you go through and tell me what happened to your characters and where did they end up? Well, they do a little bit of that, but I think Lisa Kudrow, they did do that, actually. All well, they them. didn't really do it, where they really thoughtfully said, well, they got divorced, and this is, I mean, in other words, I tell mean, me where these characters are today. Yeah, Jennifer Aniston's answer that she and Ross are married and have kids is like a blatant you know. lie. They are absolutely divorced. You know, but it, <laughs> it also, in my mind, was a lazy answer, and I, it's funny you're bringing up her, that specific point. She, I think she's a lazy actor anyway. I don't think she does real homework. I think she shows up. And it's funny because, you know, the only time they did an intervention on Friends was the rest of the cast did an intervention on Jennifer because she was consistently late to set. And it was oh. just her. And they did an intervention and told her, please don't do that anymore. It's disrespectful to us. Well, I like that. But also, I don't believe that that's true because Jennifer is historically she's the one who who brought Matthew Perry through his addiction she helped him he moved in with her well that may be true but it doesn't mean that she was early to set no no I mean I mean I think there was a, another intervention of, of oh oh I see what you mean yeah have you seen cake um, yes I did see it you loved her in that I thought she was better in that but again I don't know I don't know that she went into depth of character and I mean, I thought it was a decent movie and I was glad I saw it and I wasn't bored, but I did probably get on my phone a few times during it. You know, it's predictable. You know, I think their point in casting her as to why they cast her, that Rachel is a very unlikable character. And there are moments in the show where you just like are like, this person has no idea what reality is, but that's the fun and the funny of it. And there's a way in which that character is played where you just hate her for the whole show. And Jennifer Aniston was able to bring a lightheartedness and a kind of almost like ditzy, innocent quality to that character that I think a lot of other women wouldn't have been able to pull off. You know, it's interesting. Courtney Cox was originally cast as Rachel. And then when she read the script, she asked to be moved to To Monica. (laughs) She asked to be moved to Monica. So it's funny. Courtney Cox is nobody's fool, and she probably saw that maybe the depth of character development was not quite as strong, you know, for hers, if or whatever. Well, it's interesting because I, I actually think that Rachel is probably the character who develops the most over the course of the series. She's the one who goes from being, you know, daddy's girl and living off of her father to having her own career, being a mother. Granted, Emma is a prop in the show, her daughter. <laughs> All of the kids are props in the show, but... I think they certainly could have done a lot more with the reunion, um, and I would have liked to have heard a lot more of the stories. Yeah, but they- also they really did not elicit from, you know, first of all, it's a very tight group, and they have not ever exposed the underbelly of the way they worked or anything. What's really important about what they did is it was the first ensemble cast to demand that their agents negotiate as a group. Yeah so that they would all be paid the same thing, which did a number of things. Number one is 
the person who was paid the most didn't get the most airtime. Normally, like if you look at Aaron Sorkin's, the first season of The West Wing, there was a big disparaging differential between payment. And so they would give the people paid more, more airtime. In other words, it levels the playing field. So everybody gets to be there. So, and secondly, it does take away the edge of I'm more important than you. So, you know, what have you. So it was the first time that it was ever done. And they, I think the first time they did it, they each got a million dollars an episode. It was a big deal. In the industry. Yeah, I, I I don't know that that was the first time that they all negotiated together. I think it was after season three when they had to renegotiate their contracts. Right, that's when they did it, but they were the first show to do it. They were the first show to do it, yep. and they were the first cast to each receive a million dollars per episode, but I think that was later in the run. I think Lisa Kudrow hit it on the nail in that reunion. She said, you know, we they wrapped it up with a bow, right? Everyone had their happy ending. They did. The show got a lot of criticism that everybody had their happy ending. I was going to say, to me, it was totally unrealistic and ridiculous. Right, but if you hadn't watched the show for 10 years, you know, it was a 10-season run. They, and I, I went back and I watched the pilot because... They kind of dilute the Ross and Rachel will they, won't they over the course of the series. But in the very first episode, that's the main plot point is are Ross and Rachel going to get together? And the first season is very dedicated to that. And so, you know, I personally, I I, I love Ross, but Ross and Rachel together are not my favorite couple. Um, but they had to wrap that up. They had to bring you back and pay off what they'd set up 10 years ago, right? And it got a lot of flack that everybody had a happy ending, but that's what this show was. That's why people watch this show, right? Whereas Seinfeld got a lot of flack because everybody ends up in jail, but they're doing what they always do, right? They're doing nothing together. Well, you know what? You know, it's funny you bring up Seinfeld because Adam Grant, who I follow on Instagram and Facebook, who is not involved in this industry at all, but I like him. Anyway, he posted this. Before the Friends reunion, I was convinced I had no interest in seeing the actors talk. I wanted an epilogue episode, which is what I wanted. I was wrong. The reunion proved that nostalgia is mostly sweet, not bitter, except for the one where Paul Rudd didn't show up. Does anyone else miss crap bag? Okay, then he, <laughs> then he, then he went on to say, these truths can coexist. Number one, Seinfeld is better than Friends. Number two. <laughs> Number two, you love Chandler, Monica, Joey, Phoebe, Ross, and Rachel, but you're not even sure you like Jerry, George, Elaine, or Kramer. Sure. <laughs> so what he's saying sure. is, it's, you know, Seinfeld's better, but yeah. we don't relate to the characters at Seinfeld the way we did to the characters in Friends. And I think that really, I thought he wrapped up in a bow yeah. why Friends was so important because there was a mirror image of whatever you think is your best self. There was that on the screen. Yeah. And it's fun and it's funny. And yeah, there are some deep storylines, not terribly deep, but you know, Monica can't have a baby. Right. And they have to figure that out. And Rachel gets pregnant without being in a relationship or married. And how is she going to deal with that? It, it, that's about as deep as it gets. Right. It's not, it's not much deeper than that, but. Well, there's some, there's some plots around the, uh, about their professional lives that were there too but also james corden's the wrong guy to do this interview and he is he you know he's well, a, he's a comedian thing, he should not I have but i don't think it was an interview i think they all agreed to do this under the auspices of we're not the fact that they didn't touch matthew perry's addiction and how 
exactly. I mean, Chris, well, especially because he says there were three years he has no recollection of ever being on set. That's how yeah. bad it was. Yeah. How could you not talk about that? It's an elephant in the room, for God's I'm, sake. I'm sure they all. There were a lot of terms they had to agree to before they all agreed to do this. I'm but sure. here's a couple of fun facts. So, when Matt LeBlanc was auditioned for the role of Joey, guess how much money he had in his. In his checking cap. The, well, I watched the reunion, so I know. But okay. you, you tell the audience. <laughs> okay, eleven dollars. Yeah. Okay, and it, what's interesting is when he got his first paycheck, he bought himself a hot meal. You know, yeah. so, these guys were really, you know, they were picked from obscurity, poverty. They were working in bars. I mean, no, the two mats, yes. I, you know, David Schwimmer was sought out for this. It was written for him. Jennifer Aniston was on another show. She had to beg, borrow, and steal to get out of. Lisa Kudrow was on Mad About You, which I loved. I freaking loved that show. Okay, yeah. So. Well, there you go. But uh, another fun fact, Joey was originally written on as a jerk. And then when Matt LeBanc questioned, why are the others would be friends with him? Why would you any of these people be my friend? That's when they changed his character. I, that was I love fun. that because Joey's yeah. a sweet one. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, I love that he stood up for his character, yeah. and he stood up for the other characters, saying, "This doesn't even make sense. Why would he yeah. be included in this fabulous sixum?" Well, you know? and Joey and Monica were actually supposed to be the big romance of the show, and then once they cast the characters, they were like, mm, "Maybe not." <laughs> exactly. Anyway, I don't recommend it. And I, you know, again, I, I don't, I don't think I'm a fan I. Of the show. I felt it was a cheap way to get a lot of viewers in something. That's what I thought. I didn't really oh. think they did their homework or they, you know, I mean, there were a million other questions you could have asked these people. And, you know, another example of them is which episode were you most upset the way your character behaved? There were so many ways they could have brought the episodes back to life by talking to them about the parts they played and those kind of elements, but they didn't. And anyways. I don't agree at all. Yeah. I just think if you're a fan of the show, you're going to enjoy the reunion. Yes, they certainly could have gone deeper. But if you're not a fan of the show, you're not going to understand why it matters that everybody came back together. But the other thing is the show is all over the place now. Is it in Netflix? I don't even know where it's playing. Every it's it playing everywhere. Netflix. I think it's now on HBO Max. HBO and Hulu, Hulu, I think, yeah. maybe. At any rate, you can see the show in a lot of places. Plus, there are a lot of reruns. Plus, there's a lot on YouTube. Plus, there's a lot in Instagram and TikTok does a whole TikTok. It's everywhere. But for you to see this, you have to go to HBO Max. I think that's a problem, too. Like, there, it, it's too large a show to limit it to anybody plus you have to subscribe to be able to watch it you can't oh, yeah. just watch. yeah it's a cash grab yeah, for sure it is. It but is a, i i would I say like if you liked the show matt Le, watching matt leblanc like matt leblanc walks it he's certainly the most comfortable with who he is and where he is in his life now because he's probably had the least amount of plastic surgery on his face uh <laughs> But yeah. he's he's a little bigger, and he, his hair is is gray. And he and and Lisa Kudrow, uh, Lisa has aged beautifully. She doesn't look her. She doesn't look like she's had a lot of plastic surgery. She doesn't look like she's had a lot of work done by any means. But she looks comfortable. And those those were the two where it was like, you you had a wonderful run on this show. You're happy to be back, but you're not here to prove anything. And that was really nice to see. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. Okay, so we can segue right from Friends and into Halston, 
uh, which is the new TV miniseries. Um, and it, it's actually not totally new. It came out, what, a month ago, maybe? Yeah, a yeah. month or two ago. Yeah, where he didn't really have friends except for uh, Liza Minnelli. But we mentioned the Halston uh, miniseries last week when we talked about the fact that Netflix is going to be opening a retail shop associated with this series where they're taking a lot of the dresses, et cetera, and they're going to be selling them right off the show. And which is interesting because the first time they've talked about doing it for years, but it's the first time it's really going to be done. But secondly, wow, what a friggin' show. 20 years in the making, it better be good. Do you know what I mean? But it took them 20 years to get this thing to fruition. What do you think about that? And you must know this director. I, you know, I'm not as, as adept at you in that kind of thing. What the heck? Amazingly written, amazingly directed. The cinematography is unbelievable. The music is great. The acting is stupendous. And by the way, Ewan McGregor plays Halston, and he, the part was written for him. They didn't consider anybody else. So what do you think? For me, this was a lot of style over substance, which really? I think is also what Halston was. I was just going to say, maybe that was exactly what was, you know? Uh, which I think is a, a really sad missed opportunity. I don't know what this show was trying to say other than show me a sad story about a lonely gay man who let his ego run his life. And yeah, what he created was, was beautiful and ultimately tragic. But what was this show about? I have no idea. Well, I think the show, look, it's really interesting. First of all, if you look at high fashion, it's very hard to make money in high fashion. And the show to me was about the enormity of the only way you're going to become a Hall or want to be a Halston Chanel or anybody else is going to be because you are so driven by the creativity and your love of fashion you know it goes back to devil wears prada when she says you know that blue sweater that you're you know making fun of you know there are a lot of lives behind that blue sweater and the other thing is i think you have to look at anti-semitism around this because if you look at back 50 60 years ago if you were Jewish, you couldn't work in finance. You couldn't work in a bank. You couldn't be a lawyer in a major firm because they were let out of that. So what they did was they moved into fashion and places where the more powerful, wealthy wasps were not able to, they just didn't think it was easy to make money there. They weren't going to put their energy there. So that was a place they could go and they could thrive and they can, you know, put it all together. Halston's demise was based on a big corporation totally taking away what he stood for and looking only at the bottom line, which I think makes it relevant to today in every way, shape, or form. Sorry, who was Jewish in this? Well, no, it's not that anybody was Jewish. It's that that because of anti-Semitism, the Jewish high minds went into financing things like Halston. So the money behind some things like Halston or uh, Yves Saint Laurent? Well, like Pierre Berger at, at, at uh, Yves Saint Laurent. So what I'm saying is it was an industry that was 
looked down upon by the wasp population back then but it was an industry where you could be jewish and you could thrive and you could make a lot of money or you could lose a lot of money it was not a guaranteed thing yeah. it was very yeah. difficult a lot of anti-semitism in high fashion though. huge well there is now but back then no, there was then too diana vreeland was like a notorious anti-semite and so was coco chanel well, Chanel totally was. That's true. I think the point of Halston is three points. One is that it's easy come, easy go. You know, he fell twice really hard. Number two, big business. Once big business started to fund names like Halston and Yves Saint Laurent. Yves Saint Laurent, keep in mind, Yves Saint Laurent in the 80s. At that time, bad business decisions were made over and over again by people in design, you know, high fashion, because they were cash poor always. And they never knew, you know, there could be, you could have a season where the color was wrong, or you could have a season where you made too many of one thing and it didn't sell. I mean, there are so many ups and downs in that industry that the stress level is so tremendous that it causes the kind of bad mistakes. When Halston makes the mistake to sell his name, which was the end of him. Also the beginning. Well, it was, but, you know, but also it was really the end. And I mean, that's what he cared about. He cared about his name. So but he didn't, he didn't care about his name. That's the piece of it that it, he didn't care about his name until after long, many, many years after he sold his name. Well, right? I don't he think he knew that he cared about it until it was no longer his, you know, I mean, I think that's one of those things where you don't appreciate something until sure. it's, yeah. I mean, I, I totally understand where he was coming from, but the, I think there's huge lessons to be learned today. It's again, follow the friggin' money. Every single time it's going to be the demise of anything. Yeah, but a show about money is not what I was tuning in for. You know, there's a moment in the show, the, in the very first episode, you see not explicitly, but quite a bit of Halston's young life, right? He grew up very poor in an abusive household and his connection with his mother was the thing that gave him life and got him through and he was an artist and that was their relationship disappears over the rest of the show you see momentary flashbacks to that scene but But you but you always know it's the core value that motivates him but i have no idea what his relationship with his mother is in this story at all there's a devastating moment about four episodes in i'm not going to give it away but it's a big emotional turn for halston that's completely unearned I have no idea what his relationship is with his family. Does he still speak to his mother? Is she alive? Is she around? Why is this moment so big for him when we haven't earned any of it? And part of that is part of his story, right? Nothing is important to him unless it's flashy and pretty and right in front of him, right? And well, and when his first, yeah, his first oh. lover, his first lover challenges him and says, "Who are you? You've changed your voice. You've changed your hair. You've put on wearing glasses. Well, you know, right. you're you dressing differently. I don't recognize the man that I used to know." But I think another point, somebody says, "Well, you're from Indiana," and he said, "Used to be." Yeah. And the way he says it is, "There's no Indiana in me, one not one iota," and sure. do not even re- reference that. You know, there are people who leave, you know, a difficult past behind, and they never want to return. He was one of them. Yeah, and and I completely appreciate that. But this emotional journey that they're taking us on with Halston, first of all, is is minuscule, and secondly is when they give us a turn, we don't earn it, right? And Halston, partially I think that's purposeful because Halston is surface 
right? And and that's his whole life. He lives everything in the moment and he never has any money. And, you know, it's always about what's the next big thing. But that to me is not a satisfying enough reason to give me six, ep- five episodes, five episodes of this character blowing his money on Coke and designing a perfume bottle. Like, yeah, it's interesting. Well, he, but, didn't, he didn't even design the bottle. He did. Right. Yeah, exactly. Someone else did. Um, I loved every minute. I loved everything. <laughs> I, I loved. I loved it visually. It I loved. I, I loved the it story. I loved the touchstones it gave me to my own history in the seventies. You know, and not the sixties. I was too young, but. When I came to New York, I came to New York in 76. So I love, and I, you know, was, went to Studio 54. I loved. You could get in. No, did I get in? I actually went, get this, Wilder. I went with Tom Ocker and Jimmy Connors. Ooh. Yeah, long story why. My Tom Ocker was my father's touring tennis pro for a uh, big, huge resort <laughs> he owned. And by the way, not only did we get in, we were way cool when we were in there. Now, I was, a, you know, I was with them, so it didn't really matter. But anyway, yes. But the touchstones for people of my generation are tremendous. I love looking at the fashion. You know, not everything has to really have a plot factor that makes sense. You know, like, I don't need to be drawn in that way. It was just pure joy to watch, I thought. Well, hang on. I'm going to call you on this because... In you're right. You're right. I'm gonna, I'm totally. You know, I, I'm I, I'm sure I've said the exact opposite. In the Friends reunion, you're looking right. for depth. You're looking for the the hard questions. You're right. You're right. You're right. You, and I don't disagree with you though. I think it's gorgeous. The fashion's great. The history is so much fun to yeah, watch. Exactly. I don't think it supports five episodes. Okay. And here's what is so funny you say that because when you first suggested you'd like to do this, I was like, okay, I'll watch the first and the last episode and maybe I'll watch the middle episode because we don't have to watch 10 episodes to necessarily review something. And I read a lot about it as well. I watched the first episode and then I stayed for the second, stayed for the third, yeah. stayed for the fourth. I did not. It'll suck you in for sure. I did not stop hitting next, <laughs> next the girl episode. Played Liza is fantastic. Yeah. Her yeah. rendition of Liza with the Z is just. I, I assume she did it herself. I think uh, she did. Yeah. It's she's great. She is. She was the highlight of the show for me. Yeah, um, very, very good. But also, you and McGregor, it's totally out of character for him. He's great. I'm a little, I'm wondering if, if they're getting, because this is Ryan Murphy, right? And Ryan Murphy, historically, he did Glee. He did the uh, assassination of Gianni Versace, which I loved. I thought that was fantastic. But he, but, wanted, he wanted to do this for 20 years. And every time he said something came up about Halston, he was terrified they were going to take away the storyline that he wanted to tell. He was so grateful he finally was able to do it. What is that storyline? Well, the rise and fall twice of a great fashion designer who really changed a lot about the way we looked at fashion, like Ultra Suede. Now, okay, maybe it's not your generation, but Ultra Suede <laughs> had a 10-year lifeline that was, you know, you everybody had an Ultra Suede skirt or a jacket or something, you know, it, he was really a in the forefront of many things. And then even the argument with between him and Oscar de la Renta, you know, I mean, just to have an inside view into what was going on during that time. Now, the other thing that they don't really touch on enough, in my opinion, he died of AIDS, Halston. Yeah. And I remember when he died and it was headlines because it was just when big celebrities were starting to pass away from it. And then you watch his 
uh, lifestyle and you see where where that came you know it's like when they show downtown what sex was like in the lower village sure. you know you really can see how very difficult it was not to get AIDS back then you know absolutely yeah also, that's one of the things that I thought was really interesting because they kind of there's part of Halston that is the I'm in bed by 10 and I don't want to go out and I don't want to party and that that breaks at some point right that changes for him well he's led down the path the way you know um it was sort of like Whitney Houston being led astray by her husband you know we didn't blame Halston for his bad decisions because we felt like you know he was madly in love with this man and totally under his spell and there was no choice really but you know, see, but I didn't, I didn't buy that. I think this isn't who he was. And, you know, then he got into the cocaine, at least in the show, not talking about his real life. And and I will say the family, Halston's family has come out and said, this is all fiction. You know, none of this is true. Uh, <laughs> well, by the way, I don't believe that for a second that none of it is true. I don't true. believe either side, right? Yeah. There's something in yeah. the middle. Well, that's but true. that's always true in any yeah. story that's being told. But here's the thing. So I would not, I would not watch it for the Halston story. I would watch it for a lot more than that. I'd watch it for the cinematography and the storyline and the history, the tidbits we get to see. Yeah, the, st uh, yeah, the style over <laughs> substance. But also the Versailles Palace thing. I remember when that happened. I had no idea what really led oh, up to right. it. Yeah. Yeah, they, I wish they'd spent a lot more time. Yeah, on me too. Um, me there's too. actually, there's a great book that's uh, titled The Battle of Versailles uh, that I think Ava DuVernay is doing one day, hopefully, um, that is entirely about that that was yeah, the day. No, it was great. There are a million reasons to out. watch this show, and maybe not many of them are really Halston, but it's certainly a good five-part series to do over a weekend or something. Yeah, and one of the things I was going to say before, I, I'm just wondering if there's any pushback on the casting of Ewan McGregor for this, because I know that... There was, because they felt a gay actor should have played yeah. the role. and Ryan Murphy, it's interesting to me that Ryan Murphy keeps running up against this, because Ryan Murphy's gay, yeah. right? So you think... I don't know which side of the argument I am on this, of whether, like, he'd know better and should cast a gay actor or because he is gay and he's representing these stories and he's the voice behind it, like, if he's... But that's like saying a gay actor shouldn't play a straight man. I, You know, I don't know that that's really... I, I agree. Uh, I know James Corden got a lot of pushback uh, in the musical that he was in with, with Ryan Murphy because he's not gay. Uh, and he's playing a gay man, and there's there's a lot of pushback there, and I, I understand both sides of that argument. I do, and I also understand that, you know, whenever you're trying to get equity, you'll take whatever roadway possible, but I don't, I think Ian McGregor was very well cast. He's great. Yeah, yeah. and I went back and looked great. at some video of Halston to see how well cast he was, and I thought they nailed it. Yeah, he's he's very good. It's a beautiful show. Mm -hmm. uh, it just, it, it won't leave you feeling a lot of closure. All right, we're going to end with this. You ready? What will you buy? What dress that you saw on there will you buy? Ooh. Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I think I'm probably buying the pillbox hat. I was just going to say, for me, it's a hat. I still go back yeah. to the hat, you know? It's, it's still Jackie's hat. <laughs> okay, yep, there you go. So anyway, let us know what you would buy, which one you would buy if you were able to purchase, and pretty soon you'll be able to. And what a great choice. I'm really glad you chose it. So thanks on that, Wilder. Uh, happy to have helped. <laughs> there you go. See you all next week. Thanks. Thanks.